Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Career Coach Podcast. Today, we have another amazing guest uh, on the show, and this show is all about uncovering tips and tools from young professionals in their late 20s and their early 30s that can help college students get insights, get experience, get knowledge that can give them guidance along their career journey. I really struggled to get this kind of information when I was in college. I went to Yale, I worked on Wall Street, and now my passion is to help students be successful. And so this show is all about extracting value, extracting insights, and sharing them with you. So grab a pen and paper and take notes, and feel free to get in touch with us afterwards. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of The Career Coach. And today we have a special guest, Danny, who's in New York currently working at Meta as a product manager. Uh, Danny went to UPenn, studied mechanical engineering, and we're really excited for her to share her journey with us today. How are you, Danny? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. How are what's, you? What's the time in New York City and the weather? It's 10, 10 a.m. It is snowing. It's actually pretty uh, pretty dicey out there today. So, But I made it in. Yeah. So one of the things I struggled with when I lived in New York was, was the winter. Long, cold, dark, seemingly never-ending. Um, but now I live in South Africa where it's sunny and warm. Um, yeah, but- lucky you. You remember your time in Cape Town, right? In 2016. Yeah, yeah. Such a wonderful place. I dream about it all the time, actually. So. Great. So Danny was one of the iExperience students doing the user experience design program um, with, with iX. Uh, can you maybe, just to start off this podcast, I think a good place to start is always for you to give the, the listeners a little bit of background. You know, where did you study and what is exactly was your journey uh, up until where you are now? So we kind of know exactly who we're talking to and, and get a sense of that. And then we can move on into different topics. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So um, like you said, I went to Penn and I studied mechanical engineering. Um, Not because I knew anything about engineering or the tech world when I was entering college, but just because I had this sort of um, entrepreneurial kind of innovative ambition and, you know, with the very limited knowledge I had of technology, mechanical engineering felt like the logical um, kind of path there. Um, And I love math. I loved being creative. So that was really kind of the best fit. Um, and then also, as you mentioned, I did I experience that was actually the summer after my freshman year of college, um, really had no idea kind of what I wanted to to do with mechanical engineering at that point, um, but was really drawn to the presentation that you gave on campus. Um, and UX design seemed like the most applicable. Um, and and I think it was I think like looking back, actually, that experience was pretty pivotal for me. Um, but we can we can get to that in a moment. Um, I think actually a lot of what I studied in that UX design class really kind of dovetails into what I do as a product manager at Meta, which is kind of full circle funny. Um, and I love studying about it. Most of the course was focused on software, kind of apps or website development design. And at, at that time, I was still thinking that I wanted to pursue more traditional mechanical engineering. Um, But it it led me to at least lean more into the product design side of mechanical engineering. So kind of like industrial design, physical product design. Um, And that is really what I leaned into for the rest of college. And those were some of my favorite courses, studying product design, design thinking, um, all of that. And for, I guess, my next internship, Um, kind of after sophomore year, I went down that path of, hey, let me try something that's more hardcore engineering, at least. And I I was a quality engineering intern at at Shark Ninja. And I think that experience was so important because I realized what I did not want to do, which was actually be a mechanical engineer. Um, What I loved about my classes, about UX design, was really thinking about 
what are we building and why are we building it? And, and also some of that, like, who are we building for? And I think as an engineer, at least at a larger company, you're going to be really focused on the how do we build something, which is a super important and interesting and challenging problem to solve. But it wasn't what I was necessarily super interested in focusing on. I was more interested in kind of that start of the journey. Um, and I think like during that experience, I kind of just threw all of the things at the wall to see what would stick um, and discovered what product management was. I think that was sort of also a little bit lucky. I don't think at that time people were really talking about it super widely. Maybe people still aren't on college campuses because it's not maybe the most common like path out of graduation. Um, but I had some friends who were interning at Microsoft as PMs, um, and it sounded like kind of what I was looking for. It sounded high level, like you're going to be focusing on the what are you building and the why. Um, and so I decided to give that a shot. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I did. I did a summer internship at Microsoft as a PM, and it was great. Um, but I think when I was graduating college, I wanted to pursue PM, but in a way that was more structured and a little bit more supportive. Um, I think the role is pretty ambiguous and I wanted to join one of those kind of structured new grad-esque programs um, that really teach you how to do your job. Um, and also I loved being a student. So I think, you know, graduating college, I was like, yes, let's do another sort of kind of you know, learning program, something that felt a little bit less committal than just like full on joining the workforce. Here's your job forever. Um, and so I joined the RPM program, which is Facebook's rotational product manager um, program and really can't say enough good things about that program. Um, I rotated on three different teams at the company over the course of 18 months. I worked on Messenger Kids. I worked on Facebook newsfeed ads. I worked on Facebook dating. Um, so really got to experience the full kind of spectrum of products and problems that we solve, um, I guess now at Meta, um, but Facebook at the time. And then when I graduated that program, I joined our virtual reality team here at Meta. And that's where I've been ever since. Um, I've worked on a bunch of different products Docs and projects within VR. Um, but yeah, that's where I've been ever since. Happy to go deeper into any of what sounds interesting there. Such a good story. And I can't tell you how similar it is to, to my own story. You know, I studied mechanical engineering. I thought I wanted to be an engineer. Then I started working on some engineering projects and I was like, I don't know if I actually want to do this. And I was much more drawn to like the design, design thinking design those were like my favorite um, classes as well and you know what I really struggled with in college is like trying to figure out my career path from an engineer into more software and technical fields because it just didn't have that link um, so when I graduated and I went to work on Wall Street um, as a quantitative uh, trader uh, after about three years I actually left that job and joined a company as a product manager but I didn't have any product management training. So I was working at this company. Um, I was hired as a product manager. And so I had to teach myself UX design. That was actually the first thing I learned because I think as a product manager, your primary objective is to figure out how to solve a problem through design. Um, and then I actually taught myself how to code so I could speak to developers. And you know, I spent two years as a product manager. And actually that experience changed my life because it, it made me realize that we are not learning the things we should be learning in college. You know, they should have taught us product manager management as a mechanical engineer. They should have taught us user experience design and coding, et cetera. Um, that was actually the reason I started iExperience in the first place was to help college students develop these skills that I believe all engineers or any students should be able to learn so that they can be equipped to go to fa uh, companies like Facebook and Meta and Microsoft um, so they have that platform. So I, I'm really uh, blown away by like how similar our stories actually are, except that you're in New York working at 
meta and virtual reality and I'm running a company that helps students to develop skills. So really cool to hear that. I think, um, you know, just off the bat, I personally am really interested in your current position at Meta in the virtual reality team. So I'd like to unpack a little bit of like what that looks like. So, you know, maybe starting off um, describing what is your average day in this division look like? Who do you work with? What do your meetings look like? Try to paint a picture for someone who's just like never been at an office like that or working at a job like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that is so awesome. I totally forgot like how many kind of things our paths have had in common. Um, we'll see, maybe in a few years, I too will be in Cape Town with my own startup. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, so I actually work specifically like within VR, I work on our social team. So basically what we're building is the social and communication platform for the MetaQuest devices, um, which is really, really fun and awesome. Um, basically, if you're a gamer, you'll probably be more familiar with this, but if you're not, and I am not a gamer, um, it's basically you know building the tools to message people when you're playing together in VR, being able to call people, being able to hop into games or destinations together, um, building towards kind of this uh, meta vision towards the metaverse, um, which is really fun. So there are a lot of both interesting technical side challenges for us to solve because we're working on virtual reality. It's still a very nascent um, kind of space as well as people problems because we are trying to like fundamentally solve social interaction um, problems, um, which is really also like kind of meta's strength as well is figuring out cool like how do we apply social um, and sort of the social network capability to a new platform which is really fun um i'd say this is so cliche there's no average day but i'll do my best um meta is a super collaborative place which i love um and has been really helpful being someone who is not super, super technical. I know I studied mechanical engineering, but most of the time I'm working with software engineers. So I, I don't know a ton about software engineering. I know enough, you know, to ask the right questions, um, but I'm not a software engineer. So what I love about, you know, how collaborative this place is, is that I'm working super closely with engineers, with uh, product designers, with content designers, with data scientists, with user researchers, with marketing um, and also all of these functions get to come together and work with each other as well. So I'm not the middleman, um, which I, I do think the PM role can be in certain places is like kind of being that like link between engineering and design. What I love is like engineering and design are in the room together. They can connect to themselves and then I can really focus on the product perspective. So both the higher level what is our vision what is our strategy like what are we high level building what who are we building for kind of what are their needs what is the most important thing you know for us to focus on as well as the execution so how do we go and do it what are the hard trade-offs that we need to make today what are like the hard decisions that we're going to need to make um, in the near term so that we can you know work towards the strategy and eventually land on our vision. Um, so I think it kind of depends a little bit on like the product life cycle of a project in terms of what the specific day will be. Um, but I might be writing up like a, do a strategy document or a product requirements document of like, hey, we wanna go build this new feature or we have this new idea for a program. And it's about kind of, you know, taking that first pass in terms of leading and guiding the team and then bringing in everyone else along the way um, bringing in engineers bringing in designers bringing in data science and research um, to kind of help form the plan and then going out making sure everyone around us maybe our leadership is bought in on this plan and advocating then for the team um, across the company for like hey this is what we're going to go build this is why it's important and then just unblocking kind of like blocking and tackling 
on an everyday basis, solving whatever problems are coming up that day. Maybe it's like, hey, we wanted to build this design, but it actually is going to cost us, you know, way more engineering time than we thought. Like, which path do we go down? That would be maybe the kind of decision that I'm making on like a daily basis. It'd be, you know what, let's go with plan A. Um, because this is the trade-off that we think is important. Um, but maybe for another scenario, it's it plan B because there's some legal or privacy constraint that we have. And so we need to get something out the door, even if, you know, maybe it's not what we initially had hoped. So it's those sorts of like trade-offs on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. And no, I can resonate a lot with what you're saying. I remember when I got this job as a product manager, it was like, what do I do? And so I like read a few books about it because I didn't have the luxury of going through like a, a program and that program really sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to look into it and share it with the, with the listeners so they can get a sense of, of what it's about because I think that's super helpful. Uh, but I had to learn about product management by myself. So I went onto YouTube and I was like, well, what does a product manager do and what skills do you need to have? And I sort of realized that like, you need quite a wide variety of skills to be a good product management manager. And like one of the key skills is like, you have to be an excellent communicator. Like you have to be able to articulate yourself very well and you have to do it with very different types of people. So if you're talking to someone on the business side of things, you speak a language that's related more to like numbers and revenue and time. And when you're speaking to engineers, you know, it's like a whole different type of language that you have to unpack um, because they think very differently. And you, you're kind of in the middle trying to, um, you know, build some kind of vision that generates value for the business and for the user. Um, and so I found that mm -hmm. I found that process extremely rewarding. And if, uh, if you had asked me when I was in college, hey, do you want to be a product manager? I would have been like, I have no idea what that is or what you do. Um, and I think what's interesting is a lot of people land up in product management and they never thought they would do that when they were in college. Um, it would be quite nice to get a sense from you what a product manager actually is, like what is it defined as? And also, you know, what, what makes a good product manager? Like what type of things do you have to like if you want to go into fields like this? Because I'm imagining someone listening now going, oh, I might want to be a product manager, but it would be good to hear uh, from your side, like what are the skills you kind of need that that can be useful in this field? There's a metaphor. Um, one of the like most senior and tenured uh, product managers at our company, Naomi Gleit, uh, uses, which is PM as a conductor. And so if you think about like your team as an orchestra, so you have your engineers, maybe they're you know, on the wind instruments, or then you have your designers, you have your data, you have your research, they're all playing different instruments. The PM is that conductor. So I'm not like actually coding anything. I'm not like designing the pixels of what we're building. You know, it's the people who are playing the instruments who are doing that. Um, but it's the PM who's kind of leading and guiding the team and making sure that everyone is playing in harmony together. So I think 100% communication is, you know, one of those most important skills, um, especially at a place like Meta, where actually our internal system is a lot like the external Facebook. Um, so it's communication is expected, it's important, it's being able to like, advocate for your team, both like upwards to your leadership and outwards, um, all around you to all the different partner teams that you might need to collaborate with. Um, I'd say so, you know, wanting to work with a lot of different types of people, right, different types of functions, and know what's important to these people, to your point, like, how do they think? And also, like, what are their incentives or motivations, because it might be different than yours. And so like, understanding those, and being able to then communicate and influence people um, with that information. Uh, one of the phrases that's thrown around a lot is influence without authority. So as a PM, even though the word manager is in my title, I don't manage any person, I manage the product. Um, so you have to lead your team of all these different functions without actually having any authority over them. You're not their manager, but you have to be inspiring, you have to be convincing, 
you have to be a good leader such that the whole team can be successful. Um, so it's that influencing and that leadership. Um, and I think it's also just the right wanting to be in ambiguous kind of situations, like learning how to thrive in ambiguous situations. Um, I think that's the whole, you know, thing that keeps PMs having a job. Something one of my former managers used to say was, if it was straightforward, we wouldn't have a job. Um, everyone would be able to figure it out. They wouldn't need a PM to help set that strategy and that vision and guide the team on like a daily or weekly basis. They'd be able to do it just by themselves. So like, I think like the fact that there's ambiguity, the fact that there, that your job will be uncomfortable and hard is part of the job security in the first place. And so wanting to work in that sort of um, environment, I'd say is required. Okay, so I think it would be quite cool to shift gears to college because we're talking to students who are thinking about their careers. And one of my favorite questions to ask, I can't wait to hear your response, is if you could, knowing what you know now, go back to your 18 and 19-year-old self and give yourself advice, you know, what, what would you say um, given, you know, all the things that you've experienced now in the real world? Yeah. Wow. That is a great question. I think, um, and, and for what it's worth, like, I, I think looking back, um, I am content or like happy with a lot of the decisions and experiences that I had in college. Um, but I think I would tell myself to just try even more. Um, I think I, I did that at certain phases of college, definitely, you know, at the beginning, at the end, somewhat in the middle, of just looking for classes that sounded really interesting or not writing off any experiences. Um, I think it was those like more unique um, or kind of off the beaten path experiences in college that were the most impactful or pivotal, pivot, yeah, pivotal. So for example, I experienced, I think that one was huge. Um, I also, took a class um, senior year of college. It was uh, called Literature of Success. And in it, you read all of these different books, um, sort of, you know, Ben Franklin's autobiography, um, how to win friends and influence people, think and grow rich, like all these different kind of like through time, like what were the um, kind of like standards of how to think about, you know, your life and your career. And then at the end of the course, you write, a 20 page paper of what does success mean to me? Um, and I took, you know, a, another class. It was, it was a design thinking class as well. And we did this exercise called design your life. And you kind of think about goal setting. Um, and I think even doing more of those like extracurriculars, putting yourself in situations where you're going to try something different. You're going to learn something different, meet new people um, just because you never know what you're going to learn from those experiences or from those people, even if it's like not in that moment, if it's later, um, because it's so easy, especially when you graduate college, I'd say just to like be on a path. Um, but it's when you actually like try something different and experiment that you're going to learn the most about yourself and that it's really going to like speed up your both personal and career development, whether in that moment or later down the line. I can't tell you how similar we think. So I often tell people like, you know, your life is a series of experiments till you figure out what it is you love and what you want to do. And the more experiments you can have, the more experiences you can have, the more things you'll see, the wider your lens will become, the more perspectives you'll have, even the more people you'll meet. And that's just, this what I call it increases your luck surface area. So if you think, oh, that person was lucky because they got that job. Usually it's because they tried a whole bunch of things that didn't work and then, you know, something for them that was just perfect for them. Um, so I think that's really great advice. It's something that when I was younger, I always used to put myself in new situations, uncomfortable, travel a lot so that I could just see and understand more 
Um, even when I went to the US, it was uh, for college. It was my first time ever being in the US. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> I arrived without my family by myself. I didn't even know what a GPA was. I was like, what are, is everyone talking about this GPA? I had to figure out, you know, that that's how they grade you. So um, I was super lucky to push myself out of my comfort zone. I land in a new place with different cultures, different people. And through that, just expand my understanding of the world and, and continue to be curious. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite interested uh, about your experience with IX. I mean, going to Cape Town, you know, doing its program. How was that experience for you? Yeah, it was a huge learning experience um, because I went alone. There, there were a couple other students from Penn, um, but if for the most part, it was me going alone, um, you know, to this new place, never having lived abroad before, um, learning obviously a new concept. And I think just like a huge growth experience. I think just putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation like that in a new environment with totally new people is the most kind of powerful or thing you can do for your own personal growth, or at least for me, it has been is putting myself in those uncomfortable situations. Um, and I think that just like helped me down the line as well, moving to different cities alone again, you know, whether it was Boston or Seattle or San Francisco for different internships or jobs um, and just being able to kind of plant my flag somewhere new and learn how to build a life around me. Um, so I think that was, that was huge. It also sparked in me a love of, new cultures, new places, travel, um, ended up traveling a bunch more from then on out, like throughout college and after college. Um, so that was awesome, super eye-opening. And then the course itself too, I think, you know, kind of as I'd mentioned before, ended up being super relevant for both, you know, what I decided to kind of focus on studying and then helping me down the line when I realized what I didn't want to do I was able to kind of look back at that experience and think about, cool, what did I like and how could I maybe apply that to, you know, what I do like about my major um, and kind of like what I know about job opportunities that exist in the world and then kind of find product management through that. Are you involved at all um, at Meta in the recruiting of students for internship programs or any kind of recruiting at all? I am not. Um, I when I was a part of our RPM program, I was I did used to work more closely with our recruiters. Um, and I, we actually had like a few internal task forces that we called them for the program. So I led our brand task force, which focused on like, how do we externally communicate what the program is to people, you know, through our website, um, and then like working with uh, recruiters, um, kind of like putting out materials online to help people prepare for interviews, et cetera. Um, but now that I've been out of the program for a few years, that baton has been passed. Um, and, and we don't actually do PM internships. I think it makes sense in the sense that like, it's a, it takes a while to ramp up into this sort of a role. Um, even though it'd be awesome to welcome, you know, PM interns for the summer as well. Um, so unfortunately, no. So you so you offer the rotational program and you basically try different types of roles and then move into a role that suits you. So is it more of a generalist type of position or internship? It's so you are a product manager, you are a PM. Um, you're hired as or I was hired as a as a full time PM. I think they've made some changes to the program. Um this past year, but at the time hired as a full-time PM. And it's really just about switching teams. So the role is the same, um, but of course, you know, Meta is basically 10 companies within one company. So you get to try out what is the culture um, within many different spaces. And of course, like the problems that you're solving can be very different. Let's say you're on Instagram versus virtual reality versus working on ads, probably your day-to-day, -day, um, the activities 
are going to be the same, the actions, but like how they actually manifest is going to feel very different. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting observation. You know, it's, uh, it is one company, but there's so much going on that mm-hmm. you be working, uh, you know, someone's like 500 meters down and they have a completely different experience to you because they're working in, on a different product. Um, that's super interesting. Um, I guess, yeah, I was trying to understand, you know, like if someone was going for an interview, um, even if it was post-college, you know, how could they prepare for that? Like what, what are some of your own experiences in, in interviews for jobs that you think got you to the next round or got you through? Because I know a lot of students are, are nervous for these interviews and they don't really know how to prepare for them or what should they, what should they be doing? Mm-hmm. Totally. I think what helped me the most with product management is having like a genuine interest and passion about the space and being really being really genuine and and wanting to pursue product management and you know having an interest in the specific products of the companies that I was interviewing with um you know obviously interviewing at a place like Facebook at the time super coveted everyone knew what Facebook was, knows Instagram. Um, But when I was interviewing at some smaller places, just by like going deep and showing an interest in them, I think surprised some of my interviewers. They were like, oh, you know our product in and out? That's crazy. Um, And and those did end up in, in job offers, which was great. So I do think like just going that extra mile, especially at a place that maybe is a little bit smaller, will go a long way. Um, and I think, too, a lot of the product management interview questions are these sort of cases. Um, so, like, it'll be, like, a prompt to design something. Um, or maybe it'll be kind of, like, a deep dive into kind of, like, metrics or analytics or how are you measuring things. Um, and I think those, like, product design cases were really fun. Like I enjoyed doing them. Of course, it all takes practice. I did I did study um, uh, the product, cracking the PM interview at the time and then like product manager interview. There's like a bunch of books on kind of the specifics of interviewing at these big tech companies. Um, I think there's also Slack forums that you can join and like meet, be matched with people to do mock interviews. Um, which friends of mine did um, and were super successful with. For me, I was more of a, I'm just going to like practice out loud by myself with the whiteboard. But I do think like just getting comfortable answering those sorts of questions is important. Um, But coming back to even just what I had said previously of having genuine interest, I did, you know, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall um, when I was like going into my uh, junior recruiting season i tried interviewing for consulting because everyone was interviewing for consulting i applied to i think some roles in in finance and i think like when i was going through those processes people would ask why are you interviewing for these jobs i didn't have great answers and i think it shows but when it came to the pm side of the house i was able to actually share why i was genuinely interested Um, And it just made that whole process so much easier. So I would say like, as hard as it can be to really do some level of self-reflection to, to have conviction in like why you want to go down a certain path versus just blindly following what everyone around you is doing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I like um, the idea of practicing i spoke to someone last week who got a job at bcg and he said you know he did a hundred cases and his friends did five and he got the job and he was like the reason i got it was because i really practiced these cases that didn't come naturally i actually had to go over and over them i had to do uh, practice rounds with my friends and and that made me more comfortable speaking the language it made me comfortable with with being nervous um i actually had a a really funny thing happened to me yesterday. I was playing a paddle paddle game. So paddle has become very popular in South Africa. Paddle, I don't know if you played it, but it's kind of like pickleball, but uh, in a in a glass court, like a little bit like squash. 
and um, we were winning and we were up 5-2 and you have to get to 6 to to win and we just we had like six match points and we lo- we lost in the end and then my friend messaged oh, no. me like I wonder why we lost and I told him well I was really nervous and and then I said to him that's really stupid I shouldn't have been nervous for this game and he said well actually you know it's normal to be nervous um, and instead of trying not to be nervous, rather just recognize that you are nervous, but don't let that those nerves overcome your response. You know, so you're when people like Djokovic or top sportsmen, they get nervous in big points, but they don't let those nerves dictate how they respond or behave. They recognize it and, and are able to manage that stress. So I thought that was interesting. I'm sure that comes up a lot in student interviews these nerves and, and and feeling like why am i so nervous but actually realizing that you know even at my age playing a game of sports i can still, I can still get nervous um and, and make a mistake so i just thought that was quite interesting totally and it's funny too i always get nervous presenting um like doing reviews in front of leadership and i mentioned this to my manager the other week you know going into a review I told him, oh, I'm nervous. And he was so surprised. He was like, you're never nervous. I'm like, I'm always nervous. I guess I've just like gotten comfortable enough with the nerves that no one else around me knows. So I think that is like so true. You can be nervous, but it's that practice that will, you know, hide those nerves in front of other people and let you still be successful. So I mean, I'm imagining that your days are relatively busy and that you work quite a lot. I remember when I was in New York, you know, it's quite a competitive environment. Everyone's working. Um, when it comes to your mental health or your well-being, what do you do in your life to ensure that you're healthy, that you have energy, that you're full of life? You know, everybody's got a different approach. You know, what is your general approach to to well-being? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, exercise for me is honestly the biggest thing. I think um, I have been able now, like being in experiences that are stressful, I've actually like physically felt the difference of endorphins. Um, So I do try to exercise like in the mornings, um, every day before work. But even just like taking a step back of like, is the environment like always stressful? Um, and I think, yes, like the environment is stressful. It can be stressful and overwhelming. I think what was hard for me leaving college and entering the workforce was that in college, I'd gotten really good at being a student. You know, being a student for what, like 12 years, you get really good at it. You know how to be a student, you know how to take tests, you know how to write papers, um, work on group projects, give presentations maybe um and it's very solo as a student it's it's very individual um and if you fail you fail yourself and not really anyone around you and i've gotten used to that and i think going into the workforce one it's a totally new skill set and so not being amazing at it was really hard for me as like a perfectionist and also now i'm like leading this team and so if i feel like I'm messing up it's hard for me as like an you know someone who cares about other people to feel like I'm letting others down and so I think it was like a mindset shift one of like how do I get over this perfectionism and realize that we're all working towards the same goal right like there's no test there's no like done date Like the work will continue until we're done. There's not like one specific day we're going to study for and like we get the grade. We're just going to keep going as a team, as an individual um, until we hit the point that we're done with this work and then we're going to move on to another project. Um, And so I think it's like the mindset shift of like the work will continue. The work will always be there. Also kind of like gives you a little bit of freedom, you know, to make mistakes and to not worry about like every single moment um, being do or die. You like the expectation is like everyone's learning, everyone's growing, but also at different paces. Everyone's at a different place in their career. Everyone's working towards a different goal in that moment. Um, some people are trying to push themselves. Some people maybe have a lot going on in their personal lives. And so maybe they're, you know, just trying to take it a little bit lighter and work and 
they've gotten really good at what they're doing and they're just going to keep doing that. Um, I think like recognizing that too um, and giving yourself some grace that, you know, it's okay to make mistakes and you don't have to be stressed. You don't have to let this take over your life is really important. Um, I think that is what I, what I try to work on. It's always a constant work in progress is like, this day, this work is not everything in my life. My life is so many more things than just my job, even though, of course, I care a lot about my job and doing well in my career. Yeah, I have. I even have similar experiences myself where I'm like, oh, that didn't work. This is the end of the world. And I'm like, how many times have you said this in the last 10 years where nothing didn't work and it was the end of the world, but it actually wasn't the end of the world. We just went back to the drawing board, came up with a new solution and kind of figured out how to, how to learn from those um, experiences. I, you know, I mean, every mistake or everything that doesn't work out is really just another way to learn something new. So let's say you're for a job and you don't get the job. You can ask yourself, why didn't I get that job? What do I need to do in order to be better positioned for the next um, interview or the next job application. Maybe I need more experience on my resume. Maybe I need to go read five more books and maybe I need to listen to podcasts. You know, I think having that mindset of always learning, always growing, I mean, it never, it, you're right, it never really stops because your responsibilities just become more. And so mm -hmm. your responsibilities become more important. And so you actually have to keep on learning um, as you grow. I mean, I, I'm, you know, run, I was running a company, uh, building a company, and uh, I feel like I, I always need to learn more to know how to do it better. Um, so I, I really do love learning. It's, it's one of my biggest values in my life is every night uh, before I go to bed, I, I read. It's actually the best way to fall asleep is read something important. <laughs> read something that uh, you're trying to learn and you'll just fall asleep instantly. But uh, <laughs> Uh, I would like to read like 10 or 15 pages of, of some book and um, and that that just continuously helps me to grow. And when I go to the gym, I always listen to a podcast so that I'm working out, but I'm also gathering some knowledge in, on the side as well. So that's quite a nice system. But, you know, what I've also noticed is that college students are stressful um, or are stressed. You know, they're very competitive. Everyone's kind of applying for the same jobs. If you don't get something, you know, you're filled with anxiety. And I see a lot of students are anxious, feel like unsupported. Um, and so, yeah, I think what you've said around, like make sure you have a good exercise routine, make sure that you don't take things too personally and you're able to work through when something doesn't work, work out exactly the way you want, learn from your experiences is, is really good advice. You know, and I think in my life, um, I've said this in a few other episodes, is like sleep is important, rest. Uh, just make sure you can get a good sleep because then you um, you can feel full of energy and you can tackle problems with a bit of a clear mind. Totally. And I think it's like having a well-rounded life too, um, which one then, you know, as one thing, if you fail in any one thing, like you have so many other things that you are going great at that time. And also that just make you a more interesting person. Um in these situations in which you're like in the workforce as well. Um, but yeah, I think it, it totally can be super stressful. Like when you're in college, it feels like every one of these career decisions is kind of make or break, which, you know, is not true. There's, there's always something, there's always another opportunity, but I will say like, I think for me as well, when I am really, you know, want something and I'm going to work hard towards it. And I think just like doing it, doing the work um, is usually the way for me to like feel less anxiety about it. Thinking about it, being paralyzed in that situation is like the the worst case scenario for me. It's just like getting out there, practicing, studying, you know, working on myself on learning, I think that will get me to that end point and also just like make the stress go down mm. as well. But, but yeah, I think one mindset shift on, on that learning piece was advice from one of my previous managers, um, which was, you know, growth necessitates discomfort. 
Mm. I think I was like really, you know, complaining to him at the time of like, you know, it's been whatever, three, four months on this team and I still feel like uncomfortable in XYZ scenarios. And he's like, great, you're growing. You know, I think it was like that mindset click as well of like, if I want to grow, which I know I do, I also have to get used to just being uncomfortable. Um, but I at least have been able to detangle a bit that discomfort from just like anxiety and stress all the time. I think that was important. Yeah, for sure. Is there any book that you've read recently that has had a big impact on you that you can recommend? Um, I'll give you a book. I, I wouldn't say it was recently. Um, so I think actually the design of everyday things I read like eight years ago. Um, and that book really opened my eyes to design thinking. Um, and I think so like career wise was probably the most impactful um, in terms of just like opening my eyes to this concept of, you know, design thinking and what I ended up, you know, being really interested in. Um, on a recent basis, I love reading just historical fiction. Um, I feel like it just helps to hear stories, um, learn about history, about, about people in time, um, it places a lot of perspective um, on my on my life, like what's important to me, like what's meaningful, like what are the things that I'm drawn to in this story? Is it the career that they had? Is it the relationships that they had? Is it the hardships they were able to overcome? Um, so I think I think those types of stories really move me the most. I just read Demon Copperhead. That was a great great novel highly recommend i mean i've never read historical fiction and based on what you're telling me i'm definitely gonna go read one so is that would that be your recommendation yeah that's a great book i just finished it a few days ago what was it called demon copperhead demon copperhead okay it's like a modern day take on david copperfield um so it can be heavy at times but i think also like super inspiring and maybe it will help also, you know, put some of our everyday problems into perspective. Brilliant. I've actually looked it up on Amazon and it's got 91,000 ratings. I don't even, I've literally never seen a book with that many ratings in my life. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to pop into the bookstore and get that one. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. So you've shared a lot about, you know, your current role and some tips in college and dealing with stress and how you do that. And it's all been super insightful. I kind of wonder, we're getting to the end of the episode and I want, I want to understand like, you know, your future and what, what are your dreams and what's on your bucket list. It would be really get cool to get an insight into, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, where do you see yourself and, and how are you working towards those, those dreams? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a great question. Um, so hard to tell you what 10 years or 20 years will look like from now. Um, I think recently I've been doing kind of some soul searching, at least to, to decide like what comes next. Um, because I, I don't think this specific role is forever for me. Um, I wanted to stay at Meta certainly as long as I needed to feel really great in my you know, abilities as a product manager. I think it's an amazing place to grow and learn and learn from the best. Um, but I do think like in my next role, whenever that is, it'll be working somewhere completely different, just kind of in that spirit, right? Of like trying different things. So I want to work at a startup. I want to work somewhere really small after working at one of the largest companies in the world um, and try my hand at it. Um, something I've been like researching lately is, climate change and climate technology. Um, I think that's a really interesting field with a lot of opportunity. Um, and so, you know, just trying to learn about it. I'm reading books. I just read Bill Gates's book, um, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. And I've also been, you know, listening to podcasts in that realm as well. Um, just to try to like see, is this an industry that I would like to go work in? Um, and then I think on the personal front, I'd love to live abroad again. Um, I'd love to like move to London for a few years, 
um, try living in another new environment. I actually just moved to New York a year and a half ago after living in San Francisco for a few years. So not quite ready to leave. Um, but I think, you know, after another few years, it might be time to try out another experience. I think it's really kind of, you know, leaning into that theme that we talked about before, which is that it's so important just to have different experiences. I think, you know, getting too comfortable in any one space um, can feel really nice for a period of time. But I think that's when you know maybe your learning is starting to slow down. Um, and so I think, it, you know, whenever I hit that, whether it's where I'm living or what I'm working on, then it'll be time to try something new. I can always, you know, come back to what I'm doing now if if I so decide. Yeah, it's uh, it's our brand theme line and I experience called experience. experience is everything. And I, I truly do believe now I'm also getting to the stage where I'm like, I wish I was just could go live in another place for like a year. I'm really curious about Asia, actually. Like, what would it be like mm -hmm. to Bali or Malaysia or Thailand? Because there's just such a completely different world out there. So I'm kind of putting that into my plan as well. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's really interesting because when I was your age, you, you're totally right. Like, you can, <laughs> you can try to think what 10 years ahead. Yeah. But, you know, reality, it, it kind of like life just goes in so many different paths. You've just got to enjoy enjoy the moment. And um, I like to say dream big, you know, because I almost think that the more the bigger your dreams are and the bolder you are, you know, the, the more chance you have of if that doesn't work out, it's still a good result, you know, uh, which is a, a kind of an interesting way to approach, approach life, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. Um, I was wondering if you had sort of like any key takeaways for college students that you might want to share with, with this audience, just based on, you know, what you understand about what they might be going through in terms of their um, career ambitions or um, the job searches or just life in general, like what are some sort of like key takeaways you think they can um, learn from your experience um, before we, we kind of conclude? Yeah, I think maybe a couple things. I think one is, again, to this point of, of trying out different things, is using college as a sort of test bed, whether it's different internships or different classes, um, to try to get a sense for what you do and, and don't like. Um, obviously, what you your first job out of college, again, is not your forever career, but you have the opportunity to try out a bunch of different skills um, and a bunch of different experiences that can help influence both that and future opportunities. Um, and then I think networking, um, you know, just, and it's not in the sense of like going to a career fair and just like talking to people, but about, you know, joining clubs or going on trips, um, taking classes with diverse sets of people um, your peers will be so valuable to you. They'll have experiences that they'll tell you about that you would have never imagined existed that will open so many doors and ideas for you. And then similarly too, when you're, you know, doing your internships or joining, you know, jobs out of college, people want to help you. They, they do, they want to help you learn and grow. Um, and so it's really just about making it easy for people to help you you know, doing your homework, asking thoughtful questions, um, following up, all, putting in that level of effort to make it easy for people to help you, um, and then and approaching it really from just like a, a learning mindset. Yeah, I think the, the networking tip is is crucial, and I spoke a bit about it in, in our previous podcast. Mm -hmm. I think students feel, you know, intimidated to, to network, especially with people outside of college, people in the working world. And I always say uh, professionals want to help college students. You know, they, they, they've got time to mentor. They've got time for a 15-minute Zoom if you want to build your network. It's a matter of being proactive about it and, and taking a sort of consistent approach to asking people for, you know, a little bit of time to just ask them about their job. Um, so we actually have built 
our newsletter. If you subscribe to the newsletter, it's called The Career Coach, but we have a referral system. So if you refer five people to the newsletter, you can actually unlock our networking program. So we had one student who was the most incredible networker. She knew exactly how to do it and she had like had thousands of conversations. And so we said, please, can you create us like a blueprint of how this works? Like, how did you actually do this? Um, and she made like a video course that's, I think, about an hour long with a notion template on exactly how to network. Um, so if anyone's listening and wants to get access to that, they can, you can um, easily refer people to the newsletter and, and then you get an access code. So I think that's quite a cool little perk of listening to the show. Yeah, everyone should go do that. That sounds awesome. Um, okay, Danny, do you have any questions for me, by the way? Just thought maybe you might have one. Uh, feel free if you have a question. Um, anything? Yeah. What? How is? Uh, how did this podcast come to be? Like, what have? What have? The, what has the audience learned so far? I'm so interested. Yeah. So basically, what I realized is like we have four thousand alumni at I experience. I mean, it's quite a lot, and um, a lot of them are doing amazing things. Um, you know, it's been like we. we started the company 10 years ago but the people who did the program like sort of 10 9 8 7 years ago are doing really great things with their careers and it's all different and i i personally um haven't had time to to connect with people and to hear their stories so um you know i i thought i want to connect with our alumni and hear how they're doing but then i also realized that you know the content on on the web i listen to a lot of podcasts uh, and the people i listen to they're like very successful and they're the best that they feel and it's almost like they're so far away that a college student listening to like you know richard branson talking about entrepreneurship just doesn't it doesn't relate you know and i thought there's nothing for a college student where it's like a young professional who's like five or six years into their field that can just be relatable and talk about you know, how did they get there? What did they learn along the way? And, you know, it's just a free flowing conversation about their life. And I thought like, if I was a college student and I could have had like a consistent stream of, you know, weekly content where I could just hear different stories. It doesn't, you know, it can be a product manager. It can be someone who's a risk analyst at Credit Suisse. It can be a private equity person. doesn't matter. Every time I hear this, I'm like trying to understand and build more knowledge about what is possible. Um, and so I really want to cr just create like a stream of content that, um, you know, empowers students to be able to make great career decisions and inspires them to uh, try different paths that they actually would have never known were possible. Um, you know, like I'm sure people listening to this episode today had would, would have never thought of product manager management as a career. And now, you know, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that happened. And then going to the... The website and look at that maybe they'll explore some ux design and next thing you know you've got you've changed someone's life just through a piece of just through a conversation so um that's really the intention behind it and um, i've actually always wanted to start a podcast as well so i thought well you know we have this huge network of people who've done this program it's like the perfect um group of people to talk to and to try and develop my skills as a as a content creator or as a host, which, you know, I don't, I've never done before. So I'm also enjoying the process of, of being creative in that way. Yeah, that's so smart. Um, I, I was thinking about that this morning of, you know, I've only been working for like four and a half years. So I was like, what do I have? What insights do I have? But I do think like when you're in college, it's like, what's person who's own, who's taken, you know, one, two, maybe three steps ahead versus someone who's like, 15 steps ahead so hard to relate to those people um and recency bias is real so i think this is such a great concept excited for to like see all the episodes great okay well i'll share it with you when it's live get your feedback um but i am gonna hopefully come to new york soon and i'd love to grab a lunch and just connect in person so watch out for maybe an, a message from me or an email. I think that would be really amazing just to, you know, have a coffee and chat. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I'll be in touch soon. Sounds good. Okay. Bye, Erin. Thank you. Bye.
And that's a wrap. What an amazing episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please don't forget to go onto the Spotify link, like and subscribe to the, to the podcast, maybe leave a review. And if you want to see the video, you can go to the YouTube channel and, and watch it over there. But the best part of all is the newsletter. So every week we send out a newsletter, the Career Coach newsletter. This will give you access to additional information, show notes, tutorials, book reviews. So I highly recommend that you sign up and subscribe to the newsletter. And as always, feel free to get in touch with me on LinkedIn if you have any questions. And see you soon on the next episode.